Open your Bibles now to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. One of the things I'm endeavoring to learn better and better is to stay out of my head. Right? And to just live out of my heart. And uh, as I sat down and began to talk to the Lord and pray and seek His face about what I should minister tonight, I, I assumed that we would continue to talk about prayer. And, uh, and I sense that we will continue on with that. But tonight, for whatever reason... The thing that's living big in my heart is the subject of the renewed mind. And so even if the Holy Ghost is targeting one person in here tonight that needs this message, we'll all benefit. Amen. We'll all benefit. And it doesn't have to make sense to me. Amen. All of us will be blessed by being reminded about the truth uh, of the necessity of having our minds Renewed. I also want to welcome Miss Nikki back from Ohio. We have missed you. Yeah. Praise God. We are so excited about what God has done for your family in Ohio, your mother specifically, and all the miracles that God did. So, but welcome, welcome back. So glad to, to have you back. Amen. So here in Romans chapter 12, we'll just jump right into it tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. I ask you for your help. Uh, just, uh, uh, Take me over, Lord. I just step aside out of my, my own being and I just yield myself to your spirit. Think through my mind. Speak through my vocal cords, Father. Uh, let it be all of you and none of me. And I thank you, Father, that what it is that you, you know tonight, why you've led me this way, that it'll be effective, it'll be fruitful, uh, that those, all of us, all of us need this truth. That, Father God, that we'll receive of it, be blessed of it, and partake of it. And that uh, it just seems to me this one especially, uh, that you're endeavoring to rescue for some reason. I thank you that we'll all get it. They'll get it. And we'll, we'll reap the benefit of it. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a wonderful passage when you want to talk about renewing of the mind. I always think about Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, first of all. And so Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, so there, some translations will render it your worship. And of course it would be a form of worship. And then it goes on in verse 2 and says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. Now the Moffat's translation, based on some notes I generated uh, in a, in a different uh, season, uh, it says that the Moffat's translation says, be able to see. That word, you know, prove. You'll prove what is the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God. That word prove means to see it, 
to perceive it, you'll be able to discover it. Amen? How many of you want to know what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God? You can't walk in what you do not know. Amen? We have to discover the will of God. We have to seek the will of God. We have to find the will of God so that we can walk it out. Amen? Well, the Bible here in this verse reveals to us that there is something that is blind... It's blinded to the will of God. It cannot see the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God. What is this blinding force? It is a mind that is not renewed. Amen? So see, you could be born again. I trust we're all born again. And God living on the inside. And thank God for that. Our spirits have been recreated. We could have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Speak with other tongues and still be blind to the will of God, not be able to walk it out, not be able to even perceive it so that we could begin to pursue it in our life. Amen? Amen. Once we are born again, thank God, our, as long as you walk in the light best you know how, you know your, your eternity is now set. Aren't you glad? Heaven is now your home. But you, you could have heaven as your destination and live in total hell on earth. Wandering about, never, never gaining into entry of really any great measure of the plan of God for your life. If you don't renew your mind. Amen. It is the renewed mind that is the, the component that unlocks the ability for us to prove, to discover, to see uh, the will of God. I really don't want to think about this right now, but I'll, I'll tell it. You know, we had just acquired a... Uh, it was used, but it was the newest kind of car that we'd ever had, that black Nissan Maxima. And we hadn't had it a month. And uh, we were living in our uh, apartment that we had uh, moved into after we got married. And I, I came out on this day to, to take the car to work. Enterprise Rent-A-Car, here I come. And uh, it was, it was a f- dark, you know, because I'm up early. And uh, it was foggy out. And I could not make out in the fog. I, I just didn't pay enough attention, my wife would say. She's right about it. But I, I just didn't have, with the darkness and the fog and my being half asleep probably, I didn't see the gravel pile that they had dropped to do some sort of work. And I just, just raked it up on my front bumper and fender on the right side. And uh, why did I hit that? Why did I do damage? Because I couldn't make it out. And we see Christians all the time doing damage to their, some part of their life. You can see their dented fender of their finances and the, and the scrape on their marriage and, you know, all of these different things. And why is it? They, they're bumping into things. They're having difficulties. They're having struggles. And it's because they can't perceive, they can't make out the perfect will of God. Amen. 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 And so it is vitally important that we set ourselves to the task of renewing our mind. Right. Amen. You know, there's a lot of, of supply that, that comes to our life. The grace of God, the power of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The, if you have one, you should. The ministry of your pastor, the fellowship of other believers, prayer, intercession, all kinds of things that God are positive the, the ministry of the angels that are all there to help, help you, right? But there's one thing, a vital thing, that no one can help you do if, without your active cooperation, and that is the renewing of your mind. Right. 
Amen. Now see, being coming and sitting under the ministry of the word, amen, coming and paying attention, then you are getting help. That's mine. As you sit under the teaching of faith, you know, you're, you're having the word taught. If you're paying attention and doing anything with it, well, then you're getting help. But see, you had to come. You had to come. You had to present yourself on a Wednesday night. You had to be here. Right? And then once you're here, you have to keep yourself from falling asleep in the chair. And then when you have to take in the information and then you have to go and actually do something with it. Otherwise, it really wouldn't matter that you came except we're, we're glad to have counted you on our attendance tonight. Right? I can't, you, I can't renew your mind. You can't renew my mind. Amen? And so I would say that one of, if not the greatest need that Christians have, that the church at large has uh, in the church, is the need for the renewed mind. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they think that money is, the, more money, that's their greatest need. No, it's thinking more in line with God's Word about money. Yeah. Amen. You know, your power is not your greatest need. God's given you plenty of power. All of His power is available to you. No, the greatest need is a renewed mind. Amen. I was thinking about this today. You know, those of us that... I want you to think about uh, anything that you struggle with ongoingly. What is an ongoing struggle that you have? Is it, do you have an ongoing struggle with finances? Uh, is it health? You just constantly struggle with, with gaining health and feeling good. Is it relationships? Is it depression? What is it? I guarantee you the thing that you struggle with ongoingly is linked to the fact that your mind is not sufficiently renewed in that area. It's, it's not a hit. It's, it's, not, it's not an attack against anybody. I'm in that same boat with us. But just understand, we need to be able to self-diagnose. If I'm struggling constantly with my health, then I need to know more. I need to think different. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Amen. And that word perish in the Hebrew, uh, Hosea 4, 6, means cut off. God's people are cut off from the blessings of God for a lack of knowledge. Amen. Amen. You remember even Brother Hagin uh, as a 16-year-old laying on the bed of sickness. And he was convinced he was believing God. And, and he even was bold enough to tell the Lord in prayer, lying on that bed, Jesus, if you showed up here by my bedside and I could see you, and you looked at my face and said, Son, your problem is you don't believe. I'd have to tell you, Jesus, you're lying about it. Mm-hmm. I do believe. I do believe. I do believe. And then the word of the Lord came to him very sweetly and said, Yes, you do believe as far as you know. But see, the extent of his believing went to the degree of his knowledge, and the reason he hadn't received healing yet is he needed to know more. And he laid there, amen, until his knowledge was such that he could believe God with right knowledge, with the right degree of knowledge, and the moment he did, he was up. See, we might be sincere in what we know, but we don't know enough. We don't know completely enough for us to have breakthrough in that area. So what do we need to do? Yes, we feed our faith, but we're looking to renew our mind as well. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, that uh, as a man, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So see, you, you, you will never rise higher in your life than your thought life. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, you've just been preaching on words, and you just said that your life will never rise higher than your words. That's right. That's exactly right. You see, if you think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. And if you believe wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And if you speak wrong, you're going to have it wrong. Wrong things are going to happen. Amen? So we need to get our thinking straightened out so that we'll get our believing right. We get our believing right, we'll get our speaking right. And then right things can happen in our life. Amen. Amen. You know, our thinking affects everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Our decisions, our belief, our words, our actions, it's all flows of the way that we think. Amen. Every problem you're facing today, amen, is tied to the way you think. Yeah. Amen. amen. Praise God. Our actions... When we, we find ourselves doing wrong, responding wrong, we need to just be humble and, and know I'm responding the way I am because of the way I'm thinking. Right. If I'll change the way I'm thinking, I'll respond differently. I'll get a better result. Amen. Another thing, let's go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe. And I want to remind you of this. The, uh, the unrenewed mind is dangerous. It's dangerous. You know, the unrenewed mind thinks like the world. We brought a worldly mindset into our, unless you just came out of the womb saved, you know. Amen, like my wife. And her, yeah, yeah, she just came out of the womb saved and sanctified. Amen. But for the rest of us that spend a little time B.C. in the world... We got born again, thank God. We've got a spirit that's perfect, it's alive unto God, but we've got a brain that's just been unaffected. It thinks the way it's always been thinking. Amen. And it's dangerous to leave your mind alone as a Christian. For instance, if the world, how's the world think? The world thinks negatively. The flow of the world is negative. It's just the easy, if you want to be negative, you just don't have to do anything, right? It just ease, that's the flow of the world, is to just be doubtful, fearful, worried, anxious, pessimistic, oh, woe is me. But that's not the flow of God. That's not the flow of the kingdom. You, if you showed up in heaven tonight, amen, there's no, oh, woe is me going on there. Amen. There's no confusion. There's no negativity. God is positive. God is hopeful. God is confident. Amen. God is joyful. God is peaceful. Glory. And, and that's the life He's authored for us. And that flow, the fruits of the Spirit are in us. But see, our mind unrenewed kicks against that. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, notice what it says. It says, but the natural man, you could, you could define it this way. What is a natural man? Somebody that doesn't have his mind renewed. Somebody dominated by the natural, dominated by their senses. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because the brain kicks it out as foolishness. Do you see that? For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges, the better word would be perceives, amen, 
um, uh, decides, discerns all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. Amen? And so do you see one of the reasons why it's so dangerous to leave your mind as a carnal mind, as a natural mind, is because it kicks out true spiritual things. It rejects reality. It rejects spiritual things. So see, if your mind just automatically kicks, kicks certain things out, right? And this is, we have to work on ourselves. You know, when, uh, you know, growing up the way I, I grew up, which was primarily secular, but then the exposure I had to the word was from a denominational point of view. And in my church that I grew up in, they taught that whether you were healed or whether you died was up to God. It's just that sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And so you just pray the best you can and just, just leave the outcome with the Lord. Well, that's wrong thinking. That's not biblical thinking. That's religious thinking. That's human thinking. Amen. And so, you know, when people like me were trained and raised up like me, come into a church where the truth is being preached. If you're not humble, if you're not really looking for the word, amen, your mind will just kick it out. Because it doesn't fit in the religious box that you were trained in. And if you don't recognize what your mind is doing and you just go that way because it seems right to your brain, you're going to now rob yourself. You cannot receive spiritual flow of physical healing because your mind rejected it. Are you with me? Same thing with the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Same thing with the move of the Spirit. Same thing, same thing. Same thing with prosperity. Amen. And so it is, again, of the utmost importance. Go back to Romans, this time chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> this okay? Yes. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Now, do you see what I mean? The carnal mind, an unrenewed mind is dangerous. Why? Because what does it produce? It produces death. Because that's what the world, that's what the spirit of death is the dominant law. The law of sin and death is the dominant law that runs that it is dominating in this earth because of Satan is God. Thank God that this same chapter tells us that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that set you and I free from the law of sin and death. But see, we can be delivered from that law and still have its effect if we, if we have a carnal mind. Reverend Kamal, do you have your Amplified? Could you point that out to me? Thank you, sir. Listen to this from the Amplified Bible. It says, For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, they set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. You know, your flesh wants all your mental attention. The carnal mind is selfish. Yes. Amen? Yes. You know, it's just, it's you and you 
and thinking about you and what you want and what you need and what you think all the time. It's selfish. It's carnal. Amen. And, uh, but those who are according to the Spirit are those controlled by the desires of the Spirit and set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Ghost. So we can see these are metrics. How did we do today? Were we a spiritual man or woman today? Or a carnal man or woman today? This is not talking about your eternal home. You could be a spiritual woman half the day and a carnal bucket all afternoon. It just depends on where is your mind? What is the flow of your thoughts? The renewed mind has been retrained, it's disciplined, and on purpose you use your will and you set your flow of thoughts in line with the Word, in line with the Lord, in line with His promises, in line with what the Holy Ghost would want. The renewed mind has learned, I'm not going to let myself think about me all day and my body and my finances and my this and my that all day long. Amen. I want to follow the mind of the Spirit, not the mind of Chris. The the mind of Chris isn't going to lead me into victory. The mind of the Spirit is going to lead me into victory. Amen. That's why, you know, you want to learn to live from here, not here all the time. Amen. But I like that language, don't you? Uh, Who is a spiritual man? It is the person whose mind is set on the things that would gratify the Spirit. Verse 6 in the Amplified. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure things out naturally and carnally with the horsepower of your brain cells. Right? Without the Holy Ghost is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. So see, death from a biblical perspective, is a category, not just a single thing. Death is a category. Lack is death in your finances. Weakness is death in your body. Strife is death to your relationships. Offense is death to your... Depression is death to your emotions. And do you see, it's, it's unfortunate why so many Christians are born again and they're even, they've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But the fruit of their earthly life is death. They're depressed. They're defeated. They're confused. They're down. They're negative. They're critical. They're offended. They're touchy. They're feely. They're selfish. All of this, all of this, we all have to deal with it. And all of it is fruit of a mind out of control. All of it is the fruit of a mind that has not been sufficiently renewed by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. But it goes on and says, But the mind of the Holy Spirit, the mind of the Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forever. Glory to God. When your mind is of the Spirit, instead of producing death, it produces life. It produces peace. How many of you in here, you want to live peaceful in this season? Amen. Joyful in this season? Yes. Amen. Well, we're going to have to do the right thing with our mind. Amen. 
You know, when, when your friends and your family members die early, when they get sick, when, when they get divorced, uh, when, you listen, you just have to understand, amen, don't think wrong about those things. You know, it's wrong to see somebody go through something and go, I wonder if that'll happen to me. If it could happen to them, it could happen to me. That, that's not good thinking. No. What is whatever they're going through have anything to do with the Word of God? It has nothing to do with the Word of God. We pray for those folks. We intercede for those folks. We, we do what we can to be a witness to those folks. Amen? So anyway, let's go back to Romans chapter 12. This okay? So you, you see those scriptures in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians, or, or Romans chapter 8. The unrenewed mind is dangerous to your life. We've just seen in three simple passages in the New Testament that an unrenewed mind keeps you blind. You, you can't walk out God's will. Amen. You can't receive spiritual things because your unrenewed mind kicks it out. And it's dangerous because it produces death, the category of death, in whatever flow that, that your mind is not right. So I want to make this statement. It is not okay to get saved and then think the same. Right? It's not okay to get saved and, and stay the same. It is not okay for you uh, to be the same next year as you are this year. It's not okay to have the same problems year after year after year. Be at the same level year after year after year after year. Producing the same little old amount of fruit in your life year after year after year. We should be growing. We should be increasing. We should be taking ground. Amen? Instead of our minds getting weaker, right, as we, as we get older, we ought to be getting sharper, and we've, we've attained more wisdom. See, that's biblical thinking. But what does the natural mind think about getting older? Start making jokes about wearing diapers, start making jokes about, you know, having your children and grandchildren having to feed you. Losing your mind, haha, don't remember things as good as I used to. See, the way you think about getting older is producing death. And then you'll get there and your unrenewed mind will say, See, I told you. Amen. So it is not okay to be born again and still have a mind that is worldly. And you know, just if you don't do anything about it, you're just going to stay the way you are. You're going to just think the way you are. This is a very, the renewing of the mind process is a very purposeful thing. And, and you, you have your mind renewed to the degree that you put the effort in to do it. How slow your progress or how accelerated is all up to you. You, you could be radically changed in a year. I mean, if you really, really got after your mind. And really started to work on your mind. Amen? Praise God. What you have to do, what I have to do is I have to take God's Word, which is a written collection of God's thoughts. And I have to, just, I, I have, to have a different kind of a relationship with the Bible than most Christians. The Bible is not just a book to be read. It is a life to be lived. Yes. 
you know, in the Ephesians chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, but uh, where Paul's talking about marriage. And he's saying, you know, to husbands that you ought to love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Because the way he loves the church, he's going to present the church to himself a bride without wrinkle or spot. Totally cleansed and clean, sanctified by the washing of the water of the word. What the word is, it's water for a dirty brain, for a dirty mind, for a worldly mind. And so when you read your Bible, read it like it's water. Let it clean and let it flush. Come on, let let that moving, let the washing of the water of the word, let the word of God tell you who you are. How loved of God you are. How forgiven you are. How thoroughly made new in Christ you are. Let the Word of God uh, help you to think that you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. That the devil is defeated and he's a liar. And that I'm sitting, sitting it with Christ in heavenly places, right? Let the, let the water of the Word wash you about you know the peace of God. Amen? The joy of the Lord being your strength. Amen. Amen. And so by feeding on the Word, reading on the Word, meditating the Word, confessing the Word, this is key, acting on the Word. The proof of a renewed mind in some area is you're acting different. You're acting different. Memorizing a verse does not equal a renewed mind. But only when you've learned to let that, the, the, the truth of that scripture has now, not just, it's not in your mind, it is your mind. You think in harmony with that verse. For an example that comes to mind is, um, you know, in the household I grew up, I mean, it was a, a drama house. My, I think I'm blaming my mama for that. Uh, she was... Uh, inner, not inner, she's not overweight. That's not what I'm saying she was large and loud in our home. Her voice, her presence. Amen. And, uh, and uh, if we had a disagreement, I mean, we would just peel the paint talking about it. I mean, we'd just be loud about it. And we did, you know, now when I met Amber and, and in their home, I mean, they, they conducted everything by the, by the etiquette book. I mean, the, Cheryl had an etiquette book on her. T- no, she didn't. But I mean, you were prim and proper and it was peaceful and quiet. And so when I get large and loud in our, Amber doesn't, she doesn't like that. Right? And I, I get that now. Uh, amen. And uh, where was I even going with that? Praise God. What was I talking about before then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. So, you know, I just kind of thought, that's just how you do it. That's how you, you have aggressive fellowship. You get your point across. Amen. You, you speak your mind. And, and, and if something came up, if there was gossip, if there was news in town, oh, man, we, drama, drama. Well, one of the things, I don't even know exactly where in the Word it would say anti-drama. But see, as I've gotten my mind renewed, I have less and less and less of a tolerance for drama because the flow of God is peace. God is not the author of confusion. The Greek word is disorder. You might be able to say drama there and be good to the Greek. Amen? You know, Jesus didn't respond in a dramatic fashion. 
when they told him Lazarus, his friend, was sick. He stayed in the flow of faith. He stayed in the flow of peace. See, it's not just faith at work, it's his mind at work. It's the way he thought. He thought victorious. He thought, I'm on top. He thought, my faith works. Amen? Praise God. Sometimes you ought to, you ought to just take a gospel. I, I suggest the gospel of John. And take the gospel of John and just read it through in, over several days. With, with only, this is what you're thinking. Fellowship with the mindset of Jesus. Walk with Him in Galilee. Go to Jerusalem with Him. Face the lepers. Face the persecutors. And, and fellowship with the way He thought. The way He thought is the way you and I are supposed to think. And you know, Mary, Mary thought she had her mind renewed. When, when she was the wedding coordinator and they ran out of wine, she didn't, she didn't tell Jesus to go to 7-Eleven. Uh-uh. She, she thought, you take care of this. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You take care of this. And then I wonder how many of us would have had the thought, there's empty water pots, let's just turn water into wine. See, Jesus is thinking spiritual, not natural. See, the way you're going to break into the miraculous flow is you've got to, you know, the natural mind thinks the way I increase is to hoard every penny I have. But the way God flows is give that money away. Sow a seed. Different flow. Different flow. Different flow. Amen. Looking at this verse, y'all getting anything? Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed. The word conformed means to be fashioned like. It, it, the Greek picture is to be pressed into a mold. So we are not to allow the world, the world to be the mold pressed into our thinking. Amen. That we think like them. So we're not to allow uh, ourselves, our mind to think, to be patterned after the world's way of thinking. Amen. But instead, what did it say? That we are to be transformed. That's the Greek word metamorphosis. Amen. And it's, it means a complete change. So you, you show up born again as a caterpillar. But you're supposed to climb up in the cocoon of the word and don't come out until you're different. Some people, in my ministry gift, some people, uh, and this is just true for every believer, some people are not safe to be around because of the way they think. See, I, I, to get where God wants me to go, I have to follow a specific path. And if I let someone get around me with a carnal mind who wants to voice and tell me how they think it ought to be done... How they think it ought, what we ought to do as a church. That's not anybody, any church member's place to tell me what the church ought to be pursuing, what the church ought to be doing. You might have a voice to say, you know, about how or how we could implement, right? But I have to guard the vision. The vision comes from God. Amen. And until, if, if I get believers around me that think like that, I have to push them out of the distance because they haven't learned yet not to go there. Doesn't mean they're bad, it just means they're dangerous. You know the great William Branham, he got off. He was he was so mightily used to the Lord. 
Uh, Amber, you were there, you saw the envelopes right behind the glass at the at the headquarters there, yeah, at uh, in Jeffersonville, Indiana, or is that on the Kentucky side? It's on the Kentucky side, I think. Anyway, they had a sample. William Branham, he was a wonderful prophet, and uh, but he operated in the word of knowledge like I don't think I've ever seen anybody operate, you know, other than Jesus. And they would send him all around the country prayer requests in envelopes, and so he'd have stacks of them. And he would never, he didn't have to open them. He would hold it in his hand. The Spirit of God would tell him what, they, what the letter said. They're calling about a cancer situation. And as a sign unto them, he wouldn't open the letter. He would write their answer, the, the Scripture and the answer and what he prayed, and send it back to him unopened. Amen. But he had people around him that kept talking to him about teaching. You need to teach. You need to become a teacher. Teach, teach, teach. And he let that get in his head, and so he launched out trying to be a teacher instead of a a prophet and an evangelist. Amen. And he got so off and started doing damage to the body of Christ, so God had to take his hand off, and the devil took him out. He got his head taken off in a car accident, very nearly decapitated. Now, God didn't do that to him, but God had to protect because he was doing damage. And there was a group of folks around uh, looking at his, uh, his uh, tombstone and, and read, Here lies, you know, Prophet, you know, William Branham. But then all of a sudden, I don't know if this was Brother Hagin or who, but when they looked at it, he saw what the spirit, the, what the wording on the headstone was in heaven's point of view. And it says, Here lies uh, Prophet William Branham killed by his staff. Yeah. Why? Because he had people around him that didn't think right. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So instead of being conformed, we are called to be transformed. Transformed. I mean, completely made new. How does it happen? By the renewing of the mind. By the renewing of the mind. That word renewing means renovation. Renovation. Now, when you renovate a bathroom, what's the first thing you do? We call it demo day. What is demo day? We're going to make a big old mess. Every, that old vanity, that old toilet, that old vinyl tile, right? That moldy sheetrock, whatever. We are ripping it out. Well, when you, so the renovation of the mind, we're going to take that doubt and that fear and that worry and that negativity and it's all got to go. Amen. And demo day, man, you got goggles on, sledgehammers, you know, things are moving and it could be kind of a whirlwind of a process. Amen. Glory to God. So don't get, don't get moved when God begins to help you uprooting things out of your mind that if right amen just stay with the process the word means renewing means to renovate it means to restore hallelujah it means a complete change now to me renewing the mind requires two things it, you know, probably a lot more, but it requires these two things for sure. Number one, it requires humility. Because 
The unrenewed mind is seeped with pride. And pride says to itself, I think just fine. Thank you very much. This is the way I am. This is the way I was raised. We've always been this way in my family. I'm proud. I'm Italian. I'm Irish. (laughs) Right? Whatever. Amen. You won't even start to renew your mind until you recognize your mind needs to be renewed. There must be a humble, (laughs) a humble recognition. I don't think right. And until you get that humble recognition, I don't think right, only then can you come to church the right way. Because instead of coming, you know, crosswise and feeling like I'm stepping on your toes. No, I'm not stepping on your toes. I'm attacking wrong thinking. I'm your demo day guy. Sometimes I feel like I'm behind the pulpit with my, my construction helmet on, my goggles, my sawzall, my shovel, my sledgehammer, my crowbar. And some of y'all are stubborn. you like the two before that won't let go. <laughs> but do you all see that? Yes. We have to, we have to uh, if you want your life to improve, if you want to stop tripping over the same and dealing with the same struggles all the time, then there must be this humble recognition that I need to think differently. That I need mind renewal in the area of finances. I need to think differently about relationships. I, I need to be, think differently about uh, a great many things. And then when you get around someone that God puts in your life, that's thinking on a higher level, you, instead of bucking up against, you sit there grateful and enthusiastic, unafraid, and saying... Hit me again. Hit me again. Keep swinging the hammer at that stronghold in my brain, Pastor. It's going to break off eventually. But so many, what do they do? They get offended. They get touchy. They gather up their little stuff and their little, you know, their little belongings. And out they go to find someone that will be sweet to them. Someone who will pet their wrong thinking. Amen. I love being around my spiritual parents because I know, I said this in California, that I know they love me. Amen. But they're not afraid of me. And they're not impressed with me. You know what I mean? It's not like they're hard. But I I speak some new revelation. It's a revelation they had 25 years ago. And they're like, why are you just figuring this out? Maybe they're being very sweet and very humble as I tell them something that they learned 25 years ago. And they've been preaching it to me ever since I got connected with them. And they're sitting there smiling. That's, yes, oh, it's just such a wonderful revelation. And they're sitting there thinking, you finally got it. How many times did it take for you to hear that sermon? Read that book. But I'm not the only one in that boat. Some of y'all are in that boat with me. <laughs> Amen. Transformed. By the renewing of our mind. We'll we'll close in just a second here. Go over to the book of Ephesians with me. Chapter 4. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. 
So again, I, I think that's what I would, I would like you to think about when you leave tonight is what am I struggling with ongoingly? And then evaluate your thinking. And, and let me go back. I said two things, right? I just said the one. Right? So there must be this humble, number one, recognition that I'm thinking wrong. And then number two, you must practice self-awareness. You know what I mean by being self-aware? Some people I just think they're so unself-aware, they just spout off. They just are in a flow. They're in a mode. And they are totally unconscious. They're totally uh, oblivious. That's a good word. Totally oblivious to the worry that's coming out of their mouth. Totally oblivious to the self-defeating words that are totally oblivious to the fact that the way, the thought they're articulating is totally contrary to what the Word of God says. And yet they're, they're just so, they're, they never think about what they're thinking yeah. about. Amen. So by first having humility to recognize my life will change when I think differently. I need to think differently and just accept that fact. And then number two, be self-aware. <laughs> be conscious, be thinking about what am I thinking about? What is the, fl- the flow of my day? Yeah. Right. You know, if you're just uh, uh, negative and, and uh, towards your spouse all the time, I guarantee you the reason you feel like that is because you're thinking negatively about You're entertaining a negative flow of thought about them. Right. And the only way you're going to regain that love and feeling is to change the flow of your thoughts. It's not them, probably. It's the way you're thinking. And a lot of times, they haven't even done anything. Right. Amen. The enemy just try, suggests something. He lies. He just, uh, we have a great marriage, and I'll just come along, and, and uh, you, the devil just want to work on your brain about something, and just try to t- pick some little thing or just nothing, and just make you feel right. negative about your spouse. It's just an attack. You have to be self-aware. Recognize that. Oh, 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 no, no, no. That is my helpmate. That is my covenant partner. We are same team. Uh Uh-uh. Amen. You know, the the devil has been totally disarmed, defeated, and defanged. Totally. And the only way he can hurt you is through the power of suggestion. The, the, the mind, the unrenewed mind is the devil's playground. And if you, if you try to engage him in the mental arena, he's going to whip you. Do you need to keep your dealings with him in the faith arena on the word? Amen. So anyway, you have to be humble in your recognition, right? That you need mind renewal, that we all do. And then practice being aware of what you're thinking about. Right. Yeah. You know, that's how you, that's how you go from being a perfectly normal person to suicidal. Yeah. Right. It's all the flow of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And a spirit of suicide that wants to give you plenty of thoughts. Right. Amen? Amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. We're almost done. Y'all all right? Yeah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. 
Let's actually pick it up in verse number 17. It says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that henceforth, or from now on, walk not, excuse me, that means live, right? Walk not as other Gentiles walk. Well, how do they walk? How do they live? In the vanity, in the, that, in the futility, the emptiness of their mind. So just remember, your sinner co-workers, they're living according to the vanity and the darkness and the emptiness of their minds. You have to be strong enough in the Spirit and in the Word to influence them instead of them influencing you. Amen. Praise God. And so that's that's how they're living. Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. See all the connections to the way they think? Because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, that sexual looseness, and to work all kinds of uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard Him, and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. Now notice the instruction in the Word. See, if you're... if, if this isn't a, wasn't a sermon setting, but you're at home, you're having coffee, you're reading Ephesians 4.22. Don't just read it and go, well, I read my Bible today. What did it say? That you put off. Who? You. Put off concerning the former conversation. That's your old life, your former lifestyle, the old man. Put him off. Which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be, notice present tense, renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness then what does it say wherefore put away lying see these are instructions put away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be angry and sin not let not the sun go down on your wrath, uh, your wrath. Uh, neither give place to the devil. How do you give place to the devil? By thinking wrong. This is why it's so dangerous. The unrenewed mind, because it thinks wrong, it believes wrong, it speaks wrong, and that wrong speaking is an open door to the devil. And people that love Jesus with all their heart and come to church and say amen and wave their hankies, they, they don't understand how come, why is there so much thieving and stealing and destroying and negative things happening in our family and in different areas of our life. It's because of wrong thinking. It's because of wrong thinking. Hallelujah. Let me close just by quoting some of this from a from a different translation, the message paraphrase is so good. And so you might just listen. It says, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be uh, no going along with the crowd. Remember, the flow of the world is, is worldly. No more going along with the crowd. The empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they have lost touch. 
Boy, that's a lot of people. God's dealt with them and dealt with them and dealt with them. But they've resisted God so long that God has given them over to a debased mind. They are dangerous to be around. Yeah. They've refused God to deal with God for so long, they've lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. But that's no life for you. You learned Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to Him, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. So then we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. Amen. When are we going to stop thinking like the world that we don't have to work our fingers to the bone to get by? That we don't have to work seven days a week for God to meet our needs? He said, did He not command us, work six days, rest on one? I'll bless you, I'll take care of you. But some people you just can't seem to... You know, to give... to You know, they're, they're, what are they? They're, they're maybe sweet. Maybe it's just a... Go get them, good work ethic. But when you take it too extreme, off the, you're off the word and you're, you're going to end up losing out. You're going to break down your body. You're going to suffer in your marriage. And eventually, your finances will go, be less than what they were. Yep. Who's going to pay your bills when you're broken down? I hope you have a lot of aflac when your body breaks down because you've been working 12 hours a day, 7 days a week. And I know you're not in the room. Amen. Maybe you'll get this tape. What's a tape? All right. <laughs> That's my 90s coming out of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I, I work hard too. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So anyway. So we do not have the excuse of that ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It is rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life. That's what the renewed mind in closing offers all of us. A transformed life. A life that thinks and flows in harmony with God. Amen? An entirely new way of life. Not the same life, only I'm going to heaven. Not the same life, only I'm going to go to heaven. Not the same health as the sinner, but only no. An entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into the outside. Your conduct, it says, as God accurately reproduces His character in you. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. We all have the privilege and the wonderful responsibility, amen, of taking the Word of God and reprogramming the way we think until our life is totally transformed. No more depression, no more down days, no more sickness and disease, no more strife and broken relationships. And we can make out, we can see what God wants us to do and we can pursue the good and get into the acceptable and graduate up to the perfect 
will of God for our life. Amen? Amen. Well, stand up on your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. I didn't get to that. But you know, in Philippians chapter...